0: Everyone, welcome back to the Art of Game Mastery's Finding Path Stream. I am your host, John. This is co host, Jack. And today we're going to be talking primarily about um, making your villains in your games believable and how Pathfinder 2E has some pieces of it that makes that a bit easier than some other systems might. Um, We are going to try something a little different again with this one where we you know, we have this primary topic, but then we might go into other topics as the the show progresses um, to make it feel a bit more organic and whatnot. Um, So, you know, if if, if a particular topic doesn't interest you, stick around. Maybe something else will pop up that might change your mind. You can also feel free to message in the chat to try to steer the topics if you want. Um, We're going to be a bit more flexible in this regard going forward to try to get some variation in our discussion topics. Um, As we mentioned in the... Uh, notifications on various social medias that we do. This is our 20th episode of Finding Paths, which is a bit of a milestone for us. Um, So we are going to be doing something special uh, at some point during the stream. So stick around to find out what that is and how you can join. Um, It will involve the audience. It won't be just like an announcement. It'll be something you guys can be involved in. And um, yeah, it should be fun. Um, So yeah, let's kick it off with uh, talking about... um, believable villains jack i know you have a lot of uh strong opinions on this uh this seems to be one of your most um opinionated points of game mastery so i'd like to hear what you uh what you think makes a good villain in a tabletop rpg of of any kind really so what we were talking about was that um one thing you can do to make your your villains believable is to Decide whether or not they are redeemable because as we mentioned that not all villains are I'll Thank you for the follow, Steffi. Uh, Steffi X? Steffi? Steff X. I don't know how to pronounce your name, but let me know and I will make sure to do that in the future. Um, so... Yeah, I was saying... Oh, thank you, Yorkerton. Appreciate the follow. Um... So yeah, so when you can do one thing you can do is make thing or to make your villains more believable is to decide whether redeemable, because not all villains are um, necessarily purely evil incarnate and just hell bent on destruction for no reason other than destruction, right? There's very few creatures in any any setting that that fall into that category. And usually there's none if if it's a good setting in my opinion. Um, so there's usually usually when you have an evil villain, they're evil by some circumstance. And it's up here to players to determine whether that circumstance is a reasonable one to them. Right. And if, if what I was getting at before the mic cut out was that, um, I hesitate to use the word decide as a GM if they are redeemable. And that I think that whether they're or not they are redeemable is going to be something that arrives naturally, depending on how you designed, like, yeah.
1: I think what you're saying is that you need to be, maybe instead of decide, you need to prepare for the inevitable possibility that your players are going to interpret the reactions of your villain. So you got to be prepped for, what happens if my players decide to redeem this person? What are the ramifications? Right, exactly. That's exactly where I was going. If you're in your mind already thinking like, oh, they need to uh, save this person, your players might not feel that way. And you got to be prepared for them to want to completely end their existence.
0: So along those lines, there's also the possibility you need to prepare for that. This, this scenario, right. Might not even end in combat. If, if a, if a villain is truly redeemable, then there should be the potential. Maybe, maybe slim, but there may be the potential that, um, they could be negotiated out of what they're trying to do, right. If they, they could be convinced. That what they're trying to do is maybe not the best course of action to attain the goals they're after right it probably is a very slim chance but you need to be prepared to say hey if the dice roll the way the dice roll this may actually be a legitimate possibility right um so
1: this is the, we don't own that one in tpk with on our bbg right. fights
0: <laughs> um and it, how it would usually turn out, or I would suspect it would likely turn out, is that there would be combat, and at the end of the combat, the players would decide: do we kill this person, or do we, or does the does the, um, the villain have a change of heart? Right. Um, that's kind of the trope you typically see in movies or film or TV or whatnot, is that they the villain gets beat the villain gets beaten by the hero the protagonist, and then they realize the error in their ways and they have a change of heart and redeem like go on to redeem themselves. Um. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a couple dogs going in and out of the background. They're mm-hmm. kind of just doing their thing while we're, while we're streaming. So I apologize mm-hmm. if they start biting or bark or I mean, uh, barking or playing or whatnot. They might, Interrupt the stream a bit. I apologize for it. It, right it, adds,
1: it adds to the ambiance.
0: <laughs> well, I say that and they start barking.
1: <laughs> right, because they, they know they're paying attention. Yeah, maybe they're the the evil villains in your house. Yeah, they just don't know it. So um, they don't always have a change of heart. But one of the better things is that uh, there's more of a resolution, like uh, pieces brokered, or you know uh, the MacGuffin comes into play. That's usually a big piece of it. You know, the MacGuffin is usually centered around the evil villain. And for those of you who are tuning in, not familiar with the MacGuffin, it's usually the major plot device.
0: The hotel is coming up great, Jackie. <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: I've been I've been playing a lot of Minecraft lately.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um. Yeah, the MacGuffin is is I think an important aspect of of a villain's design as well, right? It, typically. They can be used as a tool by the villain um to take out or to accomplish their goals and the MacGuffin might not be an object it could be a person or it could be could be anything really right um something else i wanted to touch on too is that something i like to do in my games because um i think it's i see it done in film a lot and stories and i it always when I read the books or or watch the movies and it does happen, I feel that it has the strongest impact on me as a, as an audience member is that I like to pull a bit of a sleight of hand and initially I present a villain. Right. Um, and then I typically will present someone who is apparently not a villain. Right. They might be the king of a kingdom of summoned heroes or something. Right. Um, a, uh, I don't know if i can't think of any examples sorry i top talk my head but without sounding too cliche but um the idea is that there's somebody who the the players are especially drawn to and trust right and then there's somebody who this players are are deterred from and very untrustful or maybe even hate if you do it well um but then turns out those roles are actually not as apparent as they might seem typically the the person they hate is usually the good person whereas the person they thought they trusted turned out to be the actual villain of the, of the, of the story. Right. And I think that kind of like sucker punch there is, is really impactful if done well. Um, it can be hard to do well. Um, and you have to be on top of your NPC creation game to pull it off, I think. Um, but if you're someone who especially likes world building and developing interesting NPCs, I think it's a very, um, good tactic you can use in your game mastery to kind of add a bit of extra suspense to your games. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you so think about that, Jack?
1: If you're planning on doing a sucker punch, um, i performed, and I think I pulled off one pretty well in Tagasia. I've mentioned the hags before. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't see it coming. It was completely left field. But once it happened, it was everybody kind of reacted instantly because it was very believable. And you got to put down a lot of groundwork for that. So in making the villain, in addition to having covering their backstory and what their motivations are, um, and then we'll get to alignment in just a bit, was that um, you need to have some growth for the character. So the same way that you ask your players, hey, what is it that you want of this game? Why do you dungeon crawl? Why do you often off an adventure? The same thing needs to be thought of for your villain. Why are they doing this? And why? What is it that they're trying to reach? So giving your villain goals is going to make them, you are playing that character. You're going to move them towards those goals, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And the more that that villain moves towards those goals, it's going to seem more real to your players because you're going to they're going to start trying to guess those goals. And maybe they're even more upfront about their goals or they're lying ahead of time because they're villainous, right? And so they're going to say, like, you know, these are my goals. And that is one of the easiest ways to trick your players. They say they want, you know, the MacGuffin, some fountain of power or some semblance of peace, and they say they want to protect it or they just want to get to the location. And now, before you know the players know it, they actually want to corrupt that fountain. They want to destroy that piece or break that magic seal. Uh, this happens a lot in old JRPGs. I'm sure you've noticed.
0: Yeah, popular you know genre in like Japanese like novels and anime and whatnot right now is the whole isekai thing. And a common trope in those, um, and I I like them, but I f- I do fear that it's becoming this particular trope is becoming a bit too overused and too cliche, and I feel like it's gonna harm the cliche in the long run but um is that you know the the hero or heroes are summoned from another world uh by some kingdom uh to fight the demon lord or the demon king and you know they're told as soon as they arrive the demon king's pure evil and they you know he's causing havoc among um the other races of the world and he just needs to be killed to save everyone and it turns out it's actually the opposite right like the demon king the demons in general were ostracized by the other people because apparently they were jealous of them for their power or whatnot and it's, it's more of like a genocide than a than a holy war right um and it turns out the king of this kingdom is usually the one who you know is is plotting some evil device and it's, it's a trope that's very common in today's stories, especially from Japanese-like novels that eventually turn into manga and animes. Um, so that's kind of like your stereotypical example of what we're talking about here. And I do agree that it's very important that you come up with very um, uh, strong, but also n- numerous motivations for uh, your your villain. But I think... And some, this is somewhere where Jack and I different differ in our game mastering philosophy is that, uh, if you recall from a previous stream, Jack mentioned that when, when they are developing NPCs, just not necessarily villains, but just, just general NPCs, they typically don't put a lot of, uh, thought into them until a player will encounter them. And he, they realize that, okay, this is someone the players actually want to interact with. And I think this is because they typically run a more sandbox style adventure, um, me, on the other hand, I will at least put, I will at least uh, create a number of things for any NPC I create, regardless of how important or non-important they are. I probably won't go super in detail with those NPCs, but I will at least come up with motivations, personality traits, flaws, etc. for every single NPC I create. It's a bit more overhead. And if you're running a sandbox style game like Jack typically does, um, it's quite a lot of work, especially if you do a lot of your, your design up front rather than piecemeal um but it allows me to um kind of string these threads a bit more uh intricately i think and you know realize that okay i have this this uh npc here or i'm I'm designing this villain that has these uh personality traits or motivations and i have this npc over here already kind of is in direct conflict with those maybe i should take this npc and kind of boost them up a notch, right? Make them a little more important than I originally planned. Um, So there's, it's kind of a a balancing act you need to play there. Um, But yeah, I think that that's definitely good advice around NBC creation in general, not just villains.
1: Absolutely. So like, if you're running a a John style of game, which is usually a bit more linear, um, investing your characters and putting all of the different coats of paint on them ahead of time, making them really, really shine up front if that's your style of gameplay, it's going to be a lot easier for you to run those characters. Or if you're running a sandbox where you don't know generally like what direction your players is going to be traveling in, you kind of just do basic models. You know, you don't even fully render them. And they're just some maybe some name and a location, some placeholders, and that's going to cover you. But for villains, take your time with that. That's why yeah. we're covering uh, what to do and how to make your villains more believable. So I guess it's probably time to go into alignment since we want to talk about that. Yes. For so... Everyone loves to do chaotic evil and uh, the old 3.5 style of chaotic evil or chaotic stupid, as people like to call it, is just they do heinous evil acts because frivolously and at all times. And that's a lot of pop culture references where you see like inside the villain's layer where they're bonking each other on the head and, you know, people are begging for scraps. Uh, you can see this in, like, Scar in The Lion King when he's moving around with all of his jackals, or... um can you, can you think of any other pop culture references where you see, like, in the villain's throne, where they're just, like, mistreating their own, like, people?
0: Um... Not off the top <laughs> of my head, honestly.
1: You are chaotic neutral, Steffi.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, chaotic stoop is typically, at least today, t- used to describe chaotic neutral rather than chaotic evil. Um, because it's typically the rogue who's going around wreaking havoc for no freaking reason and causing issues for everyone else in the party. And they typically, your typical new player rogue is just going to put chaotic neutral because it seems the most fun to them to play. Um, Along alignments though, I think it's important to note that in Pathfinder 2E, alignment actually has mechanical weight um, Mm -hmm. and it's... In 5e there's a lot of, um, how should I say, dislike for alignment I think in the 5e community because yeah, they feel they, they, they feel it's a it's useless fluff that just gets in the way, which I understand because in 5e, unlike previous editions of Dungeons & Dragons, alignment has zero mechanical weight. There's no reason to exist in the game except to influence the way you play your character, which is fundamentally at odds with the way the lot a lot of people think that you should design a character. Um, so I can understand where, but in Pathfinder 2e, you know, what your alignment is actually has mechanical value in that, um, there's a lot of spells or a lot of creatures, uh, who are either resistant or immune to certain alignment damage or do or deal alignment damage that may or may not affect your character in different ways. So I think it's really important to consider that. Um, and I think Matt Colville in a recent video, they did actually, I think it was actually a live stream. They did It's like a pre Arcadia hangout thing. They did. Um, they did a, he, he mentioned that or somebody in the chat said, what do you think, or or, I think alignment should just disappear. What do you think? Or something like that. And Matt Colville said, I, unlike most of the community, I'm probably a huge, I'm actually a huge proponent of alignment. Um, he Mm -hmm. said, and he said, I think that the reason that, um a lot of people dislike alignment because they misunderstand what alignment actually is. They, they think it's motivation, which it's not motivation, right? It's, it's something very different. And I think that's lost in 5e. Um, and I think he, he brings up a valid point that I think these days alignment in fifth edition, because it has no mechanical weight and it's really just fluff at that point has lost its meaning as a, as a mechanical tool. Um. And I think Pathfinder 2e does a good job of preserving that without taking it completely overboard um aos said wasn't that replaced by ideals and bonds um in 5e yes you do have ideals and bonds but that's still not really what alignment is right alignment and and, what was that
1: it's only for players though the ideals and bonds are only in the creation for the players it wasn't covered in any npcs it wasn't covered for any monsters it was just kind of like a a way to be like, oh, there used to be an alignment, but now we're going to do this. It was it's a completely streamlined process. I,
0: from what I understand, and I, and I again, I didn't play like first and second edition Dungeons & Dragons, so I'd be, I could be completely off base here. But from what I understand, alignment was originally devised as a means of defining not the personality or the motivations of a a, a character, right? Whether non-player or player. It was more devised to kind of i should say this law and chaos right has a very specific meaning in these worlds right there are entire planes of law and entire planes of chaos and they aren't trying to put characters in a bucket they're trying to say that these these characters lean in those directions and are acclimate or are um trend to those particular those particular existences right? Like they're not saying that all orcs are evil or all orcs are chaotic, right? They're saying that the, the ancestry orc, the average orc tends to lean towards those directions, right? That doesn't mean that everyone does. It means that as a being, as a, as a, as a being, as an entity in the cosmos, the orcs, tend to lean, they might come from those planes, right? They might be created by creatures who have, or uh, deities who reign over those planes. So they have that in their DNA. Um, But it doesn't mean that they necessarily act that way. It doesn't mean that their motivations are spawned that way, right? Like, just like, yeah, drow is a great example. Um, You know, the typical drow, if you look into the lore of the drow, they're very evil creatures. But there are not, there are drow who are not, you're you know completely evil like um, dritz. dritz is a perfect example <laughs> and mean, even um what was in the story there was that roguish drow that dritz often ran into sort of the j his name sort of the j jar
1: something. oh my god jarlux
0: yes jarlux. he's um, not purely no, evil uh, right he is very much
1: not, no goddess who's not evil uh elestra yeah is
0: that so i i think that i think the idea of 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 alignment has kind of shifted over the years. And I think that people take it for a more this is (laughs) how my character acts. Whereas it's not really that, right? Like it it can be. It can definitely influence the way your character acts if you if you want it to. But I think that very much it's it's just saying that these particular entities trend towards these kind of um or or what's the word I'm looking for? Not acclimate, but uh gravitate towards those sort of ideals right um that, like, that
1: is a concrete way of looking at alignment but i feel like concrete uh, is a great starting place but alignment should be a little bit more mutable and yes. like where alignment comes from with 3.5 was supposed to direct um what spells you had access to and if your alignment shifted, you would lose access to those spells. So Absolutely. alignment played like a huge role in being a druid. You needed to have some step of neutrality. Whether you were an evil neutral, good neutral, it didn't, it didn't particularly matter. So as long as you met the certain religious criteria. And it was kind of important because if you were on a plane of, say, negative energy or a plane of positive energy, you might be further steps away from your deity and have a further lower connection to them or a higher one. Uh, right. good clerics in the negative realm were supposed to be at one level lower and opposite going the other way for 3.5 and they kind of did that away with pathfinder which is a shame because it felt like there was actually something you know concrete to having the alignment in the first place but <laughs> i think you and i both agree that if a player changes amidst the uh, the game that their alignment might shift
0: yes i don't think alignment needs to be static by any means um did i think it probably should change. I I I find it difficult to believe that any adventurer who goes through the trials and tribulations of a typical um epic fantasy (laughs) is going to stay the same as they were at the beginning throughout the entire time. Um if if you're playing a game where that is you know presenting the right trials to your your players and has the suspense that you would expect out of a good story. Uh, I find, I I don't know how any character could reasonably stay the same. um, Could could, not not change over time. Whether that's a change of heart, a change of mind, or they could easily be like, a a great character, a great character art could be one where the character is broken completely, right? Something very traumatic happens and they, they something flips in their head and all of a sudden... You know, it's not even like a gradual thing, right? It's like something flips, and they become a completely different person. And that's not something that's com- is unusual in in a world or in a um, a story d- engulfed yeah. in war and and you know despair, right? Like you, you see it all the time. And I hate to use this analogy, but you see this all the time in like uh, people, you know, military servicemen who come back from from war. Right? A lot of them suffer very traumatic experiences when they are, you know, in that environment. And as they come back, they're not the same people they used to be. And that's, that's not very different than what you would expect in a typical, um, you know, adventure, right? These, these characters are, are deep, are facing death every day of their life. Uh, they are going through trials that the typical person would never even dream of experiencing. Um, so, I I would say that most characters should probably experience some alignment shift over the course of their adventure. If, if I'm Mm -hmm. honest, let's say create, creator says alignment is easily controversial. It's not just about changing though. You have to, you have moments of weakness or unexpected behavior. A good guy might steal a piece of bread for a beggar if it's trivial to him. That's absolutely true. It's not like so much as like you do one thing and all of a sudden you're evil, right? It's something that you trend towards. And if you, if you, cross a certain threshold at that point you might have a discussion with your player and be like um okay you've done a lot of these things that don't exactly line up with what your original designer do you think it's time for an alignment shift and i i think as a as a gm it's probably not our place to just impose it on someone directly without having a conversation with them first you should probably at so least we... ask them do you think do okay. you think what you've been doing aligns with what you know your character was designed for and then have that conversation i don't know what do you think jack
1: so, uh, focusing on like the perspective of a villain, um, I like this idea about how if you see a pe- uh, you know someone stealing bread for a beggar, a villain what well, you're designing right now for this uh, ideal is going to see that more in absolutes, and that's going to be a great way to kind of rule your villain. They're going to see that as they're stealing if they're lawful evil as an alignment that we cover for, um, right? It's stealing bread, which should be punished, right? You know the, the punishment for stealing. And this could, lead, this could be a great way to lead your character, your villain character, down that path of wanting to be, um, you know, going with those motivations and becoming the villain of your uh, story. So, um, and their, their alignment can change. And that's a great point that you mentioned when you had said an adventure would be changed. That's a great starting point for your villain. Maybe your villain went on a great adventure and something changed them. That's part of their backstory. And then that catalysmic event would help them become evil.
0: Yeah, I mean, as we mentioned kind of at the beginning of this, you need to determine what, what made your your villain go down the route they did, right? They probably weren't always evil. I mean, they might have mm-hmm. been, but... Um, Maybe if, they
1: were. That would be an interesting thing yeah. to, to design. Is was like, how do you make somebody that was born inherently evil? Yeah. That's a serious villain stuff right there.
0: Yeah, so if you can come up with a way to do that, great. If you can't, you know, it's fine for a villain to... And it's to probably normal, I'd even say for a villain to start out with a different mentality or, uh, yeah, greed greed is is a great great example, right? Like somebody could be inherently, you have the seven deadly sins, right? And what is it? Greed, pride, gluttony, lust, envy. What are the other two? What am I missing?
1: You're missing wrath and sloth.
0: Yes. Um,
1: Got to know my my sins.
0: (laughs) Uh, so those are great starting points, right? Like if if you're looking for someone who is truly evil, pick one of those things and figure out why they were like that. But a lot of people don't start evil, as we mentioned. They're they're victims of circumstance and they might do evil deeds because they something happened to them where they feel like they have no way out, or they have no other option. And they usually do have other options, but they fail to consider it because their mind has been
1: drug in some direction. if they're focused on, you know, obtaining that one thing, yeah. they're blinded by their sin. And you should be creating a villain that is believable. You should be giving a little peek. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need a little bit more. If the players are, you know, daft, and you need to hit them over the head with it. Sometimes they need to be convinced, which is a very good, good point for my uh, for ARA. Um, in order to make them convinced. You want to have just a little peek into their life about like what was their turning point. I, I like to do this with little tiny flashbacks where the players kind of like get to like live from a perspective, or they get to pick up a piece of lore. You'll find that player in your group who wants to who wants to read that journal or who wants to read that book. Um, so giving a little bit of tidbits about your villain, just little tiny breadcrumbs as like strewn out throughout the uh, adventure is going to be a great way to lead them on.
0: Yeah. Um... But going back to the alignment thing, I think you brought up a valid point that your villains don't always need to be evil, right? A a villain can be other alignments as well. Um, So consider that. And sometimes that's actually the most interesting kind of villain. Um, I honestly, personally, at least, this is completely my opinion and not necessarily shared by everyone. But I feel like purely evil villains are usually the mo- the least interesting villains. I feel like yeah. that if you just you know some some god of destruction right that is raining down havoc just because they are the god of destruction, it's like okay, it's fun to fight a god like that's cool, whatever. But I feel like from a story standpoint, there's nothing there's nothing really interesting there there's There's nothing to tie me in as a, as a somebody involved in this in this this epic fantasy, right? to Um, to
1: make it more epic you need layers like if you're going to use that god of evil and destruction well who are the god and destruction's mediums and those people key lieutenants are going to be the interesting villains you know where you have maybe siblings where their their fate is undecided that's going to help build your you know your villain if uh the players are focused on helping one person and they neglect another that's going to really help you kind of you know shimmy out that um yeah anti-heroes is a great choice so uh superhero movies do a lot of stuff like that on the table these days
0: yeah creator Um, max said i feel like nowadays give all given all the superhero movies and stuff going on at the table anti-heroes like thanos or magneto are starting to get played out um thanos was not
1: done well in my opinion um but i come from a very um different comic book section uh i absolutely liked um how do you say um oh my god ryan Reynolds character oh my god what is that uh
0: Shit. Deadpool?
1: Deadpool. Deadpool had, like, a more interesting interaction with Thanos because Thanos was trying to date Death. And so he had, Thanos had, like, a much better driving force for wanting to do what he did. Yeah, he was He was really dumb. It's, <laughs> step the way he says I want to date Death,
0: too. Don't we all, <laughs> step <laughs> X, Don't we all?
1: See, like, that is an interesting plot device. Like, Thanos is killing all these people because he's trying to woo, you know, the, the end of time, death itself. And Deadpool, of course, is in a love triangle with death, which just makes it funny because death wants to be with Deadpool and Deadpool yeah. doesn't want anything to do with her.
0: Um,
1: right, that's the, that's the game or the story that you want to read, not... You know, somebody who's just like, oh, there's not enough resources. Snap my finger, there's double resources. No, 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 I'm going to have the Levy Field. Like, why? Yeah, I think why? Layers,
0: you bring a good point, Layers is a great way to um, build up a villain in your scenario. Or villains, right? You brought up another good point, that you don't necessarily need just one villain. And in fact, in a good story, you typically, yeah. there's a progression there, right? You're typically mm-hmm. not going to fight the bbeg off the bat you're you're gonna fight their their underlings their lieutenants their generals etc and kind of work your way up the totem pole until they've got no one left to throw at you but themselves um just like shrek onions have layers so do villains absolutely
1: <laughs> we're we got to get you into a game i think you'll uh you'll
0: enjoy it so what other uh so we bits. covered a
1: little bit, tiny bit about lawful evil. Do you want me to cover more on that, John? Or do you have a special alignment that you like for, uh, um, for making, making So
0: villains? when I'm creating villains, I'm actually a bit different in that. So a lot of people create villains or create stories around their villains, right? They, they have an idea of what they want the BBEG to be at least at a high level. And they, they craft a story around that. I'm the other way. I like the, I like the, consider a theme and a story that I want to tell and then figure out who the BBEG is. And that means when, what I'm, when that presents a, a design philosophy here that, that I don't tend to trend towards one type of villain over another, right? I, my villains are all over the freaking place. Like they could be
1: all over the map. Huh? Yeah,
0: because I don't think about the villain until I know what the story is I'm going to tell. And the story is I'm going to tell is going to decide what kind of villain they are. So I don't have one like particularly or particular alignment that I kind of trend towards. Um, I will say I typically trend towards the kind of sucker punch thing I mentioned earlier in that, um, I typically present the initial, the villain initially as somebody who's like the epitome of good and, um, typically someone perhaps at least affiliated with some kind of holiness um, like a paladin or a king or a, a holy church of some sort, right? Um, but they normally don't end up that way by the time the scenario is over.
1: Sneaky. Yeah, that white church looks so white. Get back, <laughs> right? Like, um, So traditionally, I like to use chaos. I think chaos is probably my favorite component since uh, people get really hung up on good and evil. And in a D&D, Pathfinder, Starfinder game, it's really easy to get caught on to like, what's good or bad. And then there's chaos in the mix. So having a, a deity that is pure chaos and that is slowly corrupting things, un- undoing law, and undoing like society is a much bigger threat to both. Like It's good to have g- good and evil fighting in the midst, and then there's chaos on the side who is just like, yeah, keep fighting. The more you guys fight, the more you're undoing, and um, kind of having an an unveiling of your BBEG can be a great point as well. So if your your big bad evil guy ends up being a deity of some sort, and like we said with the layers, use lieutenants who kind of represent their earthly interests, the reveal of that deity can be like, you know, a big part of the plot at the end, middle uh, middle end of the of the rising action of your sloppy chaos and tasteful
0: chaos. I think Crater Max is totally um, right there. There's a big Trader difference Max, you between need to be typical way more
1: sloppy. On that. What do you mean by sloppy chaos versus tasteful chaos?
0: I don't want to put words in their mouths, but what I think they mean by that is that typically when you see players play chaotic creatures, it's it's kind of like just all they're all over the place, right? Like the reason mm-hmm. they chose chaos is because they're like they don't really want to commit to any one direction. So they're like chaos is a way of saying that I can do whatever saying, I like, want. And it makes sense
1: or like, uh, like ADHD you're saying like, just,
0: yeah, they're just, you know, they're just, they don't, they don't want to commit to any one direction. So they want, they want, they think chaos is a way of saying I can do whatever I want and get away with it. Cause it makes sense. Right. Whereas so, something I was going to point out is that if I do create, um, you know, these these non-mortal beings, like whether it's deities or elements or whatever, um, I typically trend towards chaotic or lawful. And when I do that, it's, 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 it's targeted chaos, right? It's not chaos as in like, this is chaos. this everything's going crazy and I don't know what's going on. It's like, it's chaos in that. No, this is a creature from the chaotic, from a chaotic plane, or this is a, a God mm-hmm. of chaos and they are hell bent on wreaking havoc on this world. Right. Um, it's, it's more targeted base
1: for, uh, an elder core is a good base for BBEG. Um, I think, um, do we want to continue on about alignment or do we want to cover something else?
0: Um, I think before we move on to something else, I do want to, uh, bring up what our little special, um, thing is for today. Yes. We are going to do a (laughs) giveaway, um, for anyone in the chat right now. Um, so what we're the way you're going to enter this when I start it. this is our first time doing this. So if there's any technical issues, I apologize ahead of time as I figured Just them, them out,
1: it if any yeah, blame can- me
0: if there's something that goes wrong. Cause I was the one trying to figure this out last night, but the way <laughs> this is going to work is I'm going to start this giveaway and you guys are going to enter exclamation point raffle in the chat. Once I, once I say it's, it's live. And when you do that, it'll enter you in the, the giveaway. And when it does, and after I end it, I will, I'll say like, you'll know, give you a couple minutes to, to enter your raffles. And once I end it, it'll randomly select the winner from whoever entered. So we're going to try this and see if there's the, the prize in particular is uh, we're going to let you choose any book, one book from Paizo's website, whether it's Pathfinder, Starfinder, rule book, lore Layered book, handbook, physical PDF, your choice, right? You pick one and, and we'll get it for you. So
1: and I'm going to start this computer. and hope
0: this works. Okay so it looks like it's live so if you guys want to start hitting your raffles now and seeing if this works as expected um so yeah exclamation point raffle all lowercase all together um yeah so again we we will have to take your ad address or if you want to do a pdf we could do that as well and just do it by email address so keep that in mind when you do the raffle um it looks like it is working so that's good
1: say it looks like it's covering so while you guys are entering in that raffle i'm going to cover a bit about some elder cores for, yeah, picking for your it. evil deity
0: i'm going to monitor um, this while you're doing that to make sure nothing goes you handle chaotic. the technical
1: side and i'll handle <laughs> the, uh, the other part of it um so i noticed if you're looking in the the monster manual that's usually the place that i go to yeah it's going to be hardcover for sure uh alos
0: I mean, if you want, Monster you can do manual PDF, manual too. If you're not comfortable giving your address, right. we're more than happy to do the PDF version. So You can just do email or
1: you can send, we'll send your Google Drive address. link
0: or something, you know, if you're not comfortable with that. So, that's keep in so mind that's also an option.
1: So you don't have to worry about that. Um, so, looking in the Monster Manual or the Beastiary <laughs> for a good... Um, Hold on one second. Hold manual. on
0: one second, Jack. Sorry. Kazuma, um, I don't know if you were in here previously when we mentioned mm-hmm. it, but um, we are doing a giveaway uh, of any... Any book, physical or PDF of your choice from Paizo's website. Um, if you do the physical, we will need your addre- your physical address or PO box or something. If you do the PDF, we can do email, Google Drive, whatever you want to facilitate that. But to enter the raffle, you just need to hit exclamation point raffle in the chat. And all lowercase, all one word, it should automatically enter you in the raffle. And I think I'm just going to leave this going toward, till the end of the... Um, to the end of the stream and at the, towards the end of the stream we'll, we'll pick the winner and yeah we'll go from there
1: we'll have like another 10 minutes of yeah. the raffle so uh hit your guys's friends up if you guys want them to uh have a chance to win the free and i'm just right on so i usually go into the monster manual or the bestiary and i'm looking for a big bad evil guy when i throw up a campaign especially if you're doing one shots and you're not following the module um so you flip through the monster manual and you're going to find some Perfect examples of what you want for big bad evil guys, and I feel like Paizo and Wizards are missing out on this uh, this key usage right here because I've seen this advice given to other people, and it was given to me probably some twenty years ago when someone said you're making a new game, and I was like, Thank yeah. you for the and follow, I Creator Max.
0: We appreciate it.
1: Thank you for the follow. Um, they had told me, you know, just crack open that book and see, look at the art and decide what looks, you know, best for running a big bad evil guy. And I opened up the book, you know, just barely to the first page back in the 3.5 manual, and I looked at an aboleth, and I was like, "Perfect! I know what I want for my my big bad evil guy." I looked at that thing, and I was like, "That thing is hideous. It's demonstrable." So when you're looking for um, running a big bad evil guy, if you're running a uh, like a one shot or a small game, sometimes it's something simple as pick a vampire, and you you know look at uh, Curse of Strahd, how they take one particular bad evil guy and they make him. You're not, okay, I'm not saying that you're bad guy, but you're bad guy. Insert meme here, right?
0: BBEGs have feelings too, Jack. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm not
1: saying that you're bad at being evil. You're good at being evil. You're like the evilest of evil. So um, sometimes, you know, uh, you look at uh, some good pop culture references and you've got the mummy. Mummies make great uh, BBGs. They've got spellcasting. They've got layers. Um, liches perfect example we just covered a bunch of undead from our previous episode Um, so some of the ones that are a little more um out of the uh you know left field out of the box people usually look at dragons to run theirs look at some of the the elder creatures that are inspired by H. P. lovecraft Uh, i think that there's an entire game called cthulhu for that reason (laughs) because people like those kind of creatures Um, but if you're looking for a realistic villain you can just go to your favorite movie and uh, pull from villains from there. Uh, great GMs definitely steal. So uh, one of my favorite villains by far is Jafar. He is classically evil, uh, lawful evil. He uses the laws to kind of um, twist and um, take from people by you know, putting them in prison. <laughs> Do you want to read that? <laughs>
0: By far as Jafar, Why do, what an iconic pun. Where's D&D Dad when you need him?
1: Oh man, what happened to D&D Dad? Come back. Um,
0: How <laughs> do I don't make a villain out of The Breakfast Bunch? That's interesting. That's
1: breakfast Bunch. Do I know Breakfast Bunch off the top of my head?
0: It's the movie from, I think it was the 80s when it came out. That's
1: the, like where they do like the iconic, no, that's The Breakfast Club.
0: Oh yeah. I'm thinking of The Breakfast Club. So what is The Breakfast Brunch? Breakfast Bunch.
1: Um, yeah, the breakfast, uh, I mean, if you want to make the villains from the breakfast club, I mean, you've got a whole party right there. (laughs) Yeah. That would be, uh, that would be a great coterie, uh, for, you know, a bad evil guys. especially if you have the, their principal as like, you know, their, their deity, their leader, their God.
0: Yeah. I mean, never, never, especially if you're a new GM, never shy away from taking, a villain or an idea from some other form of media and slapping a fresh coat of paint on it and calling it something else right um i think even even if your players figure it out they usually uh, at least in my experience usually understanding enough to go along with it and they don't particularly care um as long as the story you build around it is still good i don't see a problem with it personally what do you think jack
1: yeah, I'm still looking at this breakfast bunch.
0: <laughs> what is it? What's breakfast brunch or bunch? I keep saying brunch.
1: <laughs> okay, apparently it's, I think it's a spinoff off of The Breakfast Club and like a TV
0: series. Okay. Is it is it newer or is it also old?
1: No, I, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, look at that later. Okay. Detention I'm committee. going to, have okay, to investigate so this because I've never heard of this belayer, All right, so... And the players keep leaving detention to get back to town. And when they get into detention, that's where they have to, you know, survive skill checks. They have to defeat the bullies inside the detention area. And the big bad evil one is, you know, can either be like a super bully who got held back from a grade behind, or it's going to be the principal, (laughs) you know, like, or maybe the mean teacher, like the Fletcher.
0: Max said, if I get taken to court over copyright infringement, I can now say Art of Gay Mastery said it too.
1: Exactly that's the beauty about playing tabletop rpgs is that it's your game you can make it anything you want and any likeness is completely coincidental. as long
0: as you're not publishing something who cares <laughs> don't, steal don't all the way less work for you in I, the end
1: i mean and if you are going to pull from something use something open source hp lovecraft is over 70 years old that's why uh, games like blizzard pull from it very heavily because it's just, you know, free source material for them, basically. Just don't steal any bread, right?
0: <laughs> I wanted to hear about this bread meme later, because it's, it's apparently something that's... The bread's over my head, apparently. Uh. Um, so, we are running up on time, and I do want to resolve this, uh, this uh, raffle before we do close out. Um, cause we do have something else to, I do. I personally have something else to announce, um, at the end of this. So I want to make sure you have time for that. Um, so we are going to close entries. So if you haven't gotten it, your entry in yet, I apologize, but it is what it is. Um, and we are going to pick the winner here. Let's see who the lucky person is.
1: Can't win if you don't play. Oh my
0: Kazuma God. 420.
1: Kazkun.
0: Welcome <laughs> or not welcome, but congratulations. <laughs> You've been here before, <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> so we will we will get a indeed. hold of you
0: in Discord um, after this stream and figure out what you want, how you want to deliver it, etc., and make that make that happen. Um, hopefully, we'll do more of these in the future. Uh, seem to you guys seem to like it, so it'll be fun. Um, I also want to say that as we mentioned in previous videos, we are going to start playing around with potentially um, trying out YouTube streaming, uh, instead of Twitch. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but we want to experiment with it. Um, rather than just try out a a finding past stream with it, instead, I'm going to, um, try to do a YouTube stream. Uh, you should make your chat screen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized that, that, um, normally we don't get this many chat messages, so it hasn't been a problem, but yeah, I think you're right. Steph X that we should make the, the chat thing smaller. So it doesn't cover up our cameras. Um,
1: as a computer programmer. You'll figure yeah, I'll out.
0: figure it out. Um, so,
1: technical.
0: I am going to attempt to do a YouTube stream later this evening, probably in the next hour or two, um, where I am going to just kind of casually talk about some things I'm doing to prep for Shifting Sands, which is the West Marches game that I run. Um, I don't know if it's going to work or not because I enabled streaming last night for YouTube and it said that, um, it said that I need to wait 24 hours for it to be enabled or something. So I don't know what that's about. It that seems really odd to me. Uh, my, uh, my personal account could just do it. No questions asked. So I don't know what the deal is there. So hopefully it's been, it'll be at 24 hours in like a couple hours now since I, I did it yesterday. So we'll see if it works. If not, I'll have to do some research or ping Google support, which is always a fun time to figure that out. But, um, Also, uh, Jack and I have polished the turd, not turd, it's it's actually pretty good, polished (laughs) the uh, um, follower companion rules that I created. Uh, So we are going to be putting those on the website soon. The one thing we're waiting for now is I do need an example companion. We did put a lot of hours into it, both of us did. Um, But I need an example companion to stat block in there. And the reason I haven't done that yet is because I wanted to use one of the companions I create in the stream for Shifting Sands, which is one of the things we're going to be working on. So it's kind of like an order of operations things there. Um, but if we can't get the stream to happen soon, I'll probably just create one off stream and put it in there anyway, because I do want to get that out ASAP. Um,
1: Speaking of your game, um, you are still uh, you still have open invites, correct?
0: Yes. Uh, so we just
1: a bunch of invites. Um, I just hit up a few more people. Um, I'll be doing, probably do a live... Uh, stream and get you guys um level uh zero level one characters built we don't have to we can do it on, offline um so those of you who recently joined to records of avilia I'll be helping you guys get your characters set up so don't forget to um, hit us up on the discord If you guys aren't a part of the discord just scroll down just a little bit do we have not have the discord on our art of game mastery
0: on the twitch so hit us up on our
1: um, hit us it's... up on any of our mediums here yeah. and we'll get you guys- to the discord we should add it
0: to our bio if it don't i know we have it on you all our youtube videos but i don't know if we have it on twitch bio or not we should add it if not we'll, we'll uh
1: look. what
0: else we got jack yeah. what else we got in cool? terms of announcements oh if you are watching this on youtube after the fact don't forget to like and subscribe um the youtube al- uh, algorithm is a fickle fickle thing and we need to do everything we can to get our names up there so it can show to me more people um, yes, click the bell if you want to be notified whenever, um, um you know, a new video's out. We're going to try to maybe try cutting up some of these videos to make a bit more digestible. Um, we'll see how that goes because I think that typically in our streams, we, we have pretty reasonable sections that we could clip and, uh, upload separately to make it easier for you guys to consume. Um, let's see what else, anything else, Jack? Anything
1: else? Um, so recently after watching a bunch of, um, self-made YouTubers comment, if you're on youtube or odyssey leave a comment um so if you don't know what to say then the comment should just be um your uh alignment for your big bad evil guy let us know so that later on we can go and count that that works the best for interaction What's what youtube looks at is for people who comment these days in addition to all of the likes and subscribes
0: yeah we could maybe even collect that information and See we would what the love stats to, look
1: like uh, like post that and let people yeah, know what's your like, what's your
0: favorite uh, alignment people, for BBEGs yeah, right? if you as a player or a GM yeah we could survey
1: There's it it's just exactly what we'll be doing Super big easy. brain time right now um, so we have just that for news we are going to post this month's um, what do you call it uh, stream uh, schedule?
0: Oh, this is so my stream schedule, yeah. We're, right, so, yeah, Jack and I um, we're, still we're, have to... we still so John, have to be we the
1: 14th, 21st, and 28th, right? We're going to actually hit all of the...
0: We should. Uh, so I don't we're, we're have anything off the anything 28th, off top of my right? head that I've planned this weekend, so...
1: I think we're off the 28th. So we'll are update we? the, the stream schedule for you guys. Uh, that'll be on the website for the Art of Game Mastery. Do we have the Art of Game Mastery website on here? No, we don't.
0: We are slacking, Jack.
1: I know, we're working on it.
0: Yeah, we'll get uh, so all the don't... links. Actually, we do. We do. We have a There's a link section on our page with links to the Link Tree, and the Link Tree has our website on there, I believe.
1: So if you guys are looking for games, hit us up. Our LFG. We've recently got people into Starfinder. We have a vegan D&D for all of our animal rights um, people as well. That'll be in fifth edition, since that was the one that was requested the most. We have a Call of Cthulhu game going. We recently got some new people into that. And there'll be a Blades of the Dark game coming up soon. And then, of course, John has Open Pathfinder with their West March style. So and I eventually would like to finish way. our
0: Fate game, too, once we can get everyone together again.